All right, y'all. Nerdificent is a new podcast from comedians Danny Fernandez and Ife Wadiwe. It's a weekly deep dive into nerdy subjects that you didn't know you needed to know about. Whether it's the mind-expanding frontiers of virtual reality or the surprisingly exciting modern renaissance of tabletop games, they're going to take you from the origins into surprising future of each subject. Which is a fancy way to say they go down a bottomless Google rabbit hole and tell you about the coolest stuff they find. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. What's up, Internet? So welcome to another episode of Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek for all nerds. The only podcast where we talk about geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And it is your boy, DJ Ben I mean, a.k.a. Keep That Same Energon When You See Me, a.k.a. Weedy Rambro, a.k.a. Lando Californication, a.k.a. Richie Rich as fuck, a.k.a. LeBron. <laughs> AKA Lagon. <laughs> AKA Lagon James. AKA. What? <laughs> Come on, yeah. Lagon James. Lagon James. Lagon James. Off that Henny. AKA Meek <sighs> Millhouse here in his spaceship tonight. Fan Bro Show. Like I said before, my co hosts are already tired of me, so I'm just going to go on and let them talk. I feel like Kiff from Futurama. He always like, um. every time zaps in some wild shit. This is Tatiana King Jones, aka the Grand Duchess of Tech, aka Gem and the Hollow Fam, aka Princess Preach, aka Queen of the Amazon's Prime subscription, aka Toffee Baratheon, aka Maserati Kanata, aka Flex Luthor, aka If He Dies, He Dies, Ivan Yayo. <laughs> I know that's your favorite, Ben. <laughs> nah, I don't know. Um, Princess Preach is actually moving up on the list for me. That's pretty amazing. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. And we are joined oh, by, good. as always. Yes, yes, yes. You are joined by Jeff J, a.k.a. the Kingdom Heartbreak Kid, a.k.a. Booster Gold Link, AJ Styles P, the Ocarina of Timelines. The way one soul go, Miles Morass sets back events, Astro, Fax the Destroyer, and Lee, Jin, and Juice. <laughs> He's still going with that one, I see. Gotta hold I it. like the style. I like the Pete. What was the Styles one? He Styles Pete. The AJ Styles Pete. I like that one. AJ Styles Pete. That, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's clever. That's All clever. right. As you hear, folks, this is Fanbro Show, the voice of the Urban Geek, like I said before. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for subscribing. Thank you all for telling a friend to tell a friend about us. Before we get in, into everything, can I just say that men are trash? Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just got to say it. You know, like, it's it's been, you know, we were talking about this last week, the whole Star Wars thing. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like in them every day, I just see some nonsense initiated by men. When do you men ever see it? Not to say it never, ever happens, but really, when do we ever do shit like that? Women? Women. When, uh, when y'all steal money from fish? Oh! <laughs> Oh, 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 Protect but, our rule at all. <laughs> back on topic. Yes, Ben. Yeah, and that wasn't, you know, that wasn't just women involved in that one. Overall, that was more men than women. So once again, right. men are trash, as I said before. You know, and uh, that gets actually into the big topic of the week. I know everybody is waiting for us to talk about E3. It's going down right now. Shout out to Mellow Marketer. He is in the place. I mean, literally, as we literally that man is over there. Right now, you need to be on fanbros.com if you're not already on our YouTube channel, which you are if you're watching us right here. Make sure you're mm -hmm. subscribed. Shouts to Uncolor Page as well. Mm -hmm. Shouts to Uncolor Page covering everything every day. 
And once again, like I said, men are trash because I mean, as I mean, oh my God, amazing as most of what I've seen from E3, as always, you know, E3 always will blow your mind and you won't see these jams for like three years. It was silly stuff going on. But once again, there was a lot of stuff where I'm just sitting there like, hmm, you know, um, I mean, but it just, I don't even want, because there was a lot of diversity, you know, diversity, quotation right. marks for those who are so what? So what titles or presentations gave you pause? Whoa, I mean, pause is a big word. Last of Us blew my mind. But at the same time, while I was watching Last of Us, I was like, oh my God, this is violent. Like, this is mm-hmm. really, and like, my girl Ellie is a psychopath. Like, she is, <laughs> over, you know, she's over here smiling at the dance with Trudy. She's like, oh, you know, they should be afraid of you. And Ellie's like, you damn right. Did you just see what I did in this trailer? Like, <laughs> yo, I just killed like Are we, you more people. scared of her or X-23 from Logan? Whoa, whoa, it's a tough one right now. I'm going with X-23 because you can't kill that little girl. So, you know, I, the healing factor, that's a problem. Ellie. Yeah, yeah, Ellie can go down. <laughs> Bro, you can't beat that. Imagine, yeah. you know, you 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 on the couch, you you trying you and this is a dude who's trying to like violate her. You try to be on some foot fetish joint. You <laughs> You didn't even know. Unsuspected. Oh That's God. karma. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. But I know I was reading about it already today, you know, on fanbros and dot com and everywhere where mm-hmm. they were talking about the developers were talking about that was something they were really worried about. And it was interesting reading about these developers. So they're like, yo, we go into E3. We've been working on this for months, for years at a time. And we don't know what's going to happen, what the reaction is going to be. We really don't even know what everyone else is working on. Mm-hmm. And that's what was really interesting to me, because I know like we were all blown away by Spider-Man. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, I but, mean, we we got a glimpse of it early on, too, like a few months yeah, ago. Yeah, but seeing, you know, the more finished product was crazy. But at the same time, yeah. after I saw the Last of Us trailer, it was hard for me to look at pretty much every other game because the animation and what they were doing in that trailer was so crazy as far as technical achievements that I was just sitting there for a long time. Like, even though it was so violent and all that, I'm just sitting there like, yo, this they're not really doing this in a video game, are they? Like, all these little details? They are. That's yeah. why I love that. That's one of the things I do love about E3 is even though some of it is lightweight cheating because it's showing game engine footage as opposed to and not all the time, but many times they show game engine footage as opposed to gameplay footage. And that's the difference, because yeah. when you're talking about these Unreal Engines and all the other stuff, it's, it's massive. It's a massive powerhouse of, you know, gigs, terabytes. I mean, it's, it's all the processing power you can think of thrown into these things that make it look completely real. There is a game that it was literally like a cross between but like live live action footage and CGI called, I believe it's called Silence, where it features a protagonist that is deaf and mm. he goes around just beating the bricks off people on site. So, and it looked really good, but then they, but they, they, even though I personally can still tell the difference, they, they were worked really well to blend the two mediums together where you couldn't really tell. Uh, and then further, there are games like what I'm uh, really excited about, Cyberpunk 2077. Oh. That ish looks incredible. Now, yes, you can tell it's a video game and all that, but 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 beyond that, when it comes to character design, when it comes to world building, world design, when it comes to uh, merging that with new techniques, new new play styles, like it is incredible it a lot of people are likening it to a a first person rpg uh there are like witcher elements in it lots of 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 um dialogue choices that will then change the course of the game it's it looks freaking sick and it's been in development for like five years yo um (laughs) on that note i never finished witcher 3 because i straight ruined my man's life gerald's life my my character (laughs) Oh my God, his romantic life, I ruined it. Of course you did. did. I did all the worst choices, yo. Like, it was so bad. And so I never even finished it because I've heard that he ends with a sad life at that point. And I don't even, Ah. yeah, like, I don't even want to see it. Jeff, were there any games you saw that you thought was hype? Anything you saw on fanbros.com that that gave you some interest? Yo, it, Sony, Sony did their thing. I I think uh, I liked Sony's presentation. Um, Microsoft was cool. But for me, it, yo, it was all about Spider-Man. It was mm. all about Spider-Man. It reminded me of 
the Batman Arkham series engine, Shadow of Mordor, but in Spider-Man's world. And that is the best compliment I could give because the Bat the Arkham series has been had some of the best fighting uh mechanics uh for open world that I've ever played. And seeing how free, like you're gonna be able to freely roam and web sling through their New York City. Mm. Just doing that alone where you can operate in the open world without restraint. Yes. For. And as somebody who has watched countless Spider-Man games fall flat on its face, we might have the one. Is this the, the GTA Spider-Man? Right. Because not only are they have the fighting engine, they have all his gadgets. They have, this is deadly foes of Spider-Man level of villains that we saw so far, past and present. Because the final villain in the trailer was Mr. Negative, who's a fairly new villain for people, probably introduced within the last seven to 10 years. So he's fairly new to Spider-Man, but the fact that they're including him, when I saw the raft, I immediately knew, like, you know, they were going back to back to back. And I saw the raft and I was like, raft? Because I'm thinking of raft and Bell Reeve from DC. Like I, I get them, you know, conflated a lot. And I'm like, wait, raft? Oh, this is Spider-Man. So even the captain that's in the uh, Wantanabe, She's in the comics too. Like they, it's, it felt like I was watching a Dan Slott comic and mm. being able to play. So uh, there was a move actually that hyped me where he did a trip wire where Peter shoots a web. And if you trip the wire, it grabs you and pulls you to whatever surface and you're, and it explodes like a tether. That's dope. So it, you're, you're getting, you're getting the current comic book Spider-Man gadgets, like all of those gadgets, along with the fighting engine. And who knows? It might stink, but I'm hyped. <laughs> it might it, stink, but I'm hyped. It can't be Superman 64, okay? Oh, my God. Oh, yo, that was funny. And I was so hyped. That, that was like such a heartbreaker. Yeah. Such a heartbreaker. Another heartbreaker that I hope is not a heartbreaker is Kingdom Hearts 3. They've showed that trailer and I don't give a damn about trailers, but they actually have a release date this time. Yeah. Uh, I do I not I, believe it. <laughs> no, I believe it. And I know everybody is so hyped for this game, but I have to say, like, I haven't played the other ones, you know, and I, I remember the trailer or whatever they released, like some type of demo, something showing yeah. off something. It wasn't really a demo. It, yeah, it, but, it, it, they show the same thing. They've been showing the same thing every day. It's been 13 years. Yeah. For, and the, I, for the third installment. I wasn't blown away by what they showed there. That was my problem. Like, I was really looking forward to some of this, especially for, like, the Toy Story elements and yeah. some of the other joints. Yeah. But it just, I don't know how it's looking, meshing together. You know, it looked like... Well, well, here's the thing. Kingdom Hearts, because it incorporates so many different Disney titles and worlds, it's not going to... It doesn't necessarily mesh. Like, the only prevailing theme is Sora, Donald, Goofy... Uh, Mickey, obviously, and then everything that's come along with that Square Enix part. But he's going to be in different worlds. They're all going to be completely different. And that's how it's pretty much always been. There are, again, there are other elements here and there that are the same throughout the game. But I, it, it's, it's, it's purposefully kind of jarring because you're going to go from the frozen world to, as you said, the Toy Story world to Tangle to a whole bunch of different random things. So I would say I was really like, holy smokes about this two years ago when we first yeah. <laughs> or i don't know the fifth time they told us about it yeah but now i'm just like i believe it when it's on the shelf yeah um one other one that blew me completely away but also back to that violence issue was the ghost of shushima which is the samurai game uh, i think it's developed by the people mm -hmm. who made um the game when you have the electric powers uh where you roam around the city and you're electric superhero dude um they made two of them joints oh the the, the cop he was like a cop or a, um i thought he was like a punk kid in one of them oh are you talking about um watchdogs no not watchdogs you actually have like electric superpowers like you're you know like you're electro but anyway oh. yeah i can't remember they'll, they'll remind us in the comments and on twitter but Ghost of Tsushima is this game. It's a samurai adventure game. It looks like it just looked absolutely incredible. There are some, there's a fight scene in it where there are leaves falling from trees. 
There's fires burning in the background. Everything just looked like you're watching Kill Bill or some other ill-ass old-school samurai flick. But even in that one, when I'm watching it, it was hilarious. This dude just lays into people. I mean, slice arms, slice arm off, cut somebody's head off, whap, whap, and then is immediately making jokes about it in the next scene. And it's just like, yo, like, wow. especially as violent and as realistic looking as these games are getting. Like back in the day when, it, you know, Street Fighter it didn't look like a real person. But <laughs> nowadays when it looks more realistic, when they're showing the effects and that's what the people behind Last of Us said. They really want to show you what the effects of this violence does to Ellie. Mm -hmm. Well, we so much Street game. Fighter is cartoons anyway. They're all animated people. Yeah. Regardless. So as regardless of how good, quote unquote, looks, it's, you can tell it's a cartoon versus things like Last of Us where they're predicated on live action. Yeah. And it's, so. yeah. And there's, I mean, but don't get me wrong. I can't wait to play Ghost of Tsushima. I can't wait to play Last of Us. But at the same time, these games, it's like, wow, what is really going on? And what are we seeing when you're seeing this? And I'm glad that certain games are exploring that. I was really impressed by the amount of games that had, you know, character, lead characters who weren't white male heroes, you know, protagonists. That was really impressive to me. Yeah. But uh, I know with the Cyberpunk 2020, I don't know why I keep getting a problem with that, yeah. but Cyberpunk 2077. 2077. 77. Yeah, 2077. 2077. Maybe I'm in the year 3077. So that's why. But you can choose, you can it's a bespoke character. So you can literally build whoever you want. The mm -hmm. character's name is gonna be V, but if you wanted to build them to be a black woman, you could. If you wanted to be uh, an Asian man, you could, or whatever the case may be. So I like games where they allow you to do the character uh developments yourself. But the woman in some of her dialogue choices and she's talking to this other woman and she and like, oh, please don't, be, please. She's supposed to be talking about a mission. And oh. in the mission, one of the choices she's asking the, the woman about her man is like, are y'all together? Man, <laughs> come out, come out. What, she can't spit some game? Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, why are you mad at that? Like, why can't the woman spit the game? She asked what her interests were, who she be with. Yeah, what does the man that's about who gives a wow. shit? I'm assassinating right now. <laughs> <laughs> but but the woman was already flirting with you a little bit while her man was standing there while oh, you're man. while you're shooting somebody in the head. So you come here off? No, I mean this is <laughs> this is all before the shooting in the head. Oh, you know, okay. I thought you meant like she's in the middle of assassinating. Oh no, you talk about mans in them. Like I don't care. Oh no, no, she rolls into the town and she had a new mission to distrust, and so she's talking to the woman about the mission. And the woman is agreeing, you know, what to pay her and et cetera, et cetera. And there's a dude standing there. And, you know, you have the choice to ask, you know, what's up with them dude? You know, what's up with your man's over there? You know, I'm not, I'm not worried about him. You know, I just want to know. Can you ask that same question if you're the dude? Of course you can. You can always ask that question if you're the dude. <laughs> How do you think I ruined my life in Witcher? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we get out of this intro, <laughs> one of the things I actually want to mention that I've already pre-ordered is Smash Brothers Ultimate. Already? <laughs> already. Yes, y'all can pre-order that ASAP today or whenever you hear this, pre-order that joint on Amazon or wherever you want to pre-order your games. I am ready. My body is ready. My Switch is ready. I'm ready. Yo. Everybody's in the game. I think I might be in the game. Literally, everybody's in the game. And someone said, except, and I don't know if he was missing from the poster, like, um, like, uh, what's his name Waluigi. was missing? Like, no, they say Waluigi was missing. I mean, yeah. you really from need the poster. No, because I wasn't checking for Waluigi, but don't say every, and then he's missing. Right, like, right. I mean, as long as Wario is there, the go the goat, like, they definitely treated him like like Hawkeye. So. Yeah. But they treat Luigi like that. I mean, for the long. No, so Luigi. No, Luigi got clout. Let's not. He had his now. own. Luigi got clout. Let's not. Let's not forget that there was a whole generation that built that group that's growing up or grew up on the Luigi Death Stare <laughs> from straight. Mario Kart. So damn let's straight. not play him. Yeah, Don't play straight. my man to the side like that. That, but that's only because he's given a Death Stare because for so many years he was been played to the side. <laughs> True. Hey, I've been, been a Luigi fan since day one. I always thought he didn't get the respect. Luigi could jump higher, damn it. Hey, man, that's why it's Mario Brothers and not Luigi Brothers. Somebody got to be too. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more fan bros.
Hey, what's going on, fan bros? This is Tatiana King-Jones, and I want to tell you about a new podcast called Nerdificent from comedians Danny Fernandez and Ify Wadiwe. It's a weekly deep dive into nerdy subjects that you didn't know you needed to know about. Whether it's the mind-expanding frontiers of VR or the surprisingly exciting modern renaissance of tabletop games, they'll take you from the origins into the surprising future of each subject. Which is really a fancy way of saying they're going to go down a bottomless Google rabbit hole and tell you all about the coolest stuff they find. Nerdificent is a weekly comedic and informational podcast dropping every Tuesday. It's produced by How Stuff Works Network's comedy division, creators of The Daily Zeitgeist and Culture Kinks. They're going to examine nerdy things that are currently trending, such as VR, Comic-Con, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, tabletop games, and more. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, Internets? Welcome back to this episode of Fan Bros Show. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed. Hit that like button. Leave a comment. Tell us what you think about us. You know, me, Tatiana, Jeff J. We are here for your entertainment on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, all those different places. We are everywhere. Please hit the subscribe button. Make sure you're subscribed to us. We need those subscriptions. It's vitally important. So we can continue doing amazing things like one of my favorite segments right here. The Guac is Extra. Where we answer each and every question you send us. Most of the time. About (laughs) any topic at all out there. (laughs) At all. Anything except certain ones. But we got to. I mean, you know, there's a few questions. That just can't be answered. Yeah. Like, where the rack stroke? <laughs> Come on, man. I know. It's, it's bad tonight. It's very bad. <laughs> you know, that was all me. What's up first? Let me just be quiet. Up first comes from repair. Man, 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 man. <laughs> they write, <laughs> last movie you fell asleep at or walked out of the theater. You know, I've never done that. I've never walked out of a theater. Oh, I have. I've wanted to walk out of the theater. I've never, I've, I've never, wa- I've never walked out. I, 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 if I pay, I'm staying, bro. I'm there until the end. We're going we gonna to go through this misery together. But um, I did fall asleep. See, the thing is with me, if, I'm, if I didn't get enough sleep the day before mm-hmm. and I go into a theater, and even if I'm enjoying myself, if it's, com- you know, some of them chairs are comfortable. It's like I'll doze here and there. But um, um, the last movie I fell asleep in um, was probably like completely fell asleep was, was Civil War. Was it Civil War or Winter Soldier? 2016, Civil War, right? Damn. But it was because it was Not Cinco because it was de Mayo. Born. It was Cinco de Mayo. Oh, he was lit. And I went to a happy hour before <laughs> I went to go see Civil War. I go to see Civil War, and it was lit, but unfortunately, so was I. <laughs> so I missed a, a portion of it, and I had to go watch it again, but it wasn't because of the movie. It was because of the tequila. Understandable. I, I know Fambro show favorite Chico Leo walked out of Hateful Eight. Yeah. <laughs> Back in 2015. Famously, as he says. Famously, famously walked, walked out him of and, Hateful Him and Kim Sony. Well, Kim Sony and stayed behind, Man. but I know they... He protested that he should leave with him, but famously <laughs> left the theater. Um, I I know I fell asleep on The Dark Knight Rises, but that was because I was so amped for it. And I think I saw an early showing and I like didn't sleep the night before because I was so hyped. And then I also thought the movie was kind of boring in parts. So, yeah, um, I fell asleep on that. The, the last movie that I can remember exactly walking out of was uh, Children of the Corn 2. And it was me and my boys one night. This is way back. I mean, movies ancient, obviously. Way back. We're drunk as, and high as hell one night. And we go to the movie theater. My boy had, um, you know, he worked at the theater. So he gets all of us in. It's like 10 of us. 
and we are in there lit out of our minds, <laughs> cracking jokes, you know, stinking of trees and liquor. And this movie is trash. Like, it is so horribly bad. And at one point, a corn stalk flies through the window of this car and kills a woman. And all of us at that point were like, fuck this, and just got him. Wait, like out. the happening? Like the plants is killing the people? No, 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 no. The children telepathically took the corn stalk and wow. made it. <laughs> I mean, they were children of the corn. They took it literally in that one. It was part Come C, you know. On. You know, horror sequels. You know, horror sequels. I don't know ish yeah. about that series, and I don't want to know. I'm good. The, the first one is supposedly good. I've I've actually never seen the first one. It was one of those things where you know you walk into the theater drunk. It's the only thing <laughs> playing at that time, so you're like, "Fuck it, let's go see Children of Corn too." And it is so ass, and we just, you know, rolled right out of that joint about 30, 40 minutes into it. Interesting pattern between you and Jeff J. There's alcohol involved. In no, definitely there. Definitely there. But it, it all, it, we, we didn't even pay to get in, and we were like, nah, time is worth more than this. Right. Come on, well, we judging now? What up? We judging now? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I just don't go to theater drunk because I know I'm going to fall asleep. I didn't mean to. It <laughs> No, that was my last day of my job before oh. I, I was leaving that life for good. And, and my my coworkers took me out and, you know, I wasn't going to skimp on their money. Like, <laughs> um, I, did, I did not pay for this movie, but I am forever irritated, angry that I was dragged to see it because I vehemently did not want to see it. I fell asleep on Independence Day Resurgence. <laughs> worst movie ever. Maybe not ever, but one of the worst movie ever in, I don't know, 2016, whenever it came out. Yeah, 2016. Yeesh. I've it never seen the whole thing. Bad. It On was, cable, yeah. it looked bad visual-wise. It was bad dialogue and script-wise. It was bad character-wise. Why did they even bother? So that was my movie. Mm. Yeah, I believe that one. Great question. Yeah, great question. What do we got next? Next up is, oh, they're back. DJ Rybread215. Bang, bang. They write, who wins in a fight to the death? Agent 47 from Hitman or Botman? Bang. I always think these questions are weird. It's pretty much who writes the scene, you know, like mm. who decides. Because, like, you know, Hulk versus Thing, you know, Thor versus Hulk. One Punch Man versus everyone. You know, it's like... Whoever writes it is pretty much, you know, decides who wins. Sure, but also if you just take it on his face, like the inherent powers or abilities of that character versus the next. I, I don't really know happens? much about about Age of 47. I'm sure he's a hitman and obviously he's been in a lot of stuff, so he's killed a lot of people by this point. I still gotta go with Batman on that one. Batman is just an ass whipper, you know. It's like it's very few people who are really gonna take him down. Isn't Agent 47 like great value, Jason Statham? Oh shit! Oh yeah, he done then. Yeah, come on. He done because Jason Statham is done. Give me Bruce. I I'd even take Bruce with no prep prep time. Yeah, no prep time. No prep time, Batman. Yeah, we'll take, it will give Agent Forty Seven work. Yeah, the business. I also say Miss. <laughs> I also say Mr. Wayne. Yeah, Mr. Wayne got this. Sorry, Mr. Uh, Wayne. Miss, Mr. Mr. Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> this? Yo, I love that that Cockney accent. Yo, my God. <laughs> I failed you. Oh, but can I say this is my favorite? <laughs> no, yeah, I was watching Moments of Alfred the other day and I was crying. Oh my God, yo. Michael Caine is in those movies giving his best. Like, <laughs> He's crying. He's crying. I, I failed you. <laughs> oh, poor man. Oh my God. Uh, Oh, oh gosh, Move, moving on. No, but before we move on, I just had to say this because I've read here with okay. people like, oh, One Punch Man could beat everybody. I'm like, dude, all this, I, I've watched some of his anime, I haven't watched everything, but all this dude does is punches. You can't beat someone like Doctor Strange, you can't beat someone like Thanos, like, because you can punch them one time because you ain't getting close enough. You ain't doing well, not Thanos, no, Doctor Strange either. You a rap, bro, rapsty okay. time. Open up a portal. You go somewhere else, One Punch Man. I don't worry about you anymore. Dog, One Punch Man can't even beat Floyd Mayweather. He wouldn't be able to touch. <laughs> now there's gonna be a fight on the timeline. Here we go. But look, yeah, but that's facts. Facts. I, I, I'm bad on Floyd on that one. I'm putting my money on money team. You know, 
<laughs> Sorry, Bi- bio reprehensible uh personal life aside just talk- <laughs> <laughs> inability it's inability, inability to read aside you know come on <laughs> man oh god okay yeah we're moving on <laughs> <laughs> We're moving I mean, on. One Punch Man might beat him in a spelling bee, but I'm not sure about One Punch it. Man would beat Floyd. Sorry to tell you. No, he can't yes. touch him. One Punch Man can't. Floyd beat is not a superhero. Any. Floyd does not have magical powers. Floyd right, is well, still my- a human being. And if you're talking about a boxing match, which is very regular degular, when you're talking about something versus Thanos, One Punch Man is winning. One Punch Man. I'm, one Punch I'm, Man is a human, I'm, as I'm, is One Punch Man. Let's not let's not be silly. Muhammad anyway, Ali knocked out Superman. I'm taking him over One Punch Man any day. Hey. Assalamu alaikum, bro. Facts, the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> Toby Wan four hundred five writes: What is your favorite movie moment or fight sequence? Ooh, that's such a broad ass question, Toby Wan. Oh yeah, um. <laughs> You don't gotta play the questions before you <laughs> answer the question. I'm just wondering, like, I'll go with a fight sequence, I guess, and even that's like, it's hard. I mean, we we kind of talked about it last week, or maybe even the week before, when we were one of our favorites was yeah. uh, Captain America's Winter Soldier, right? Mm-hmm. That's one. That's the elevator scene. So, I mean, oh boy, there's so many great ones. One I, I recommended I just saw recently was um. Atomic Blonde. I did not think the movie was that good. I didn't like that movie at all. Yo, I felt, that, oh, that's when I fell. That's when I walked out of. I walked out of my couch, out of the room because it was on Netflix. I said, "F this movie." Oh, did you walk out before the fight scene where she has in the like? I walked hotel? out in the first five minutes. Oh no. Okay. All right. Go back to Netflix and just fast forward to the fight scene. It is when I talk about some like insanely dope shit like that. That it's like a good ten minute fight scene where she. <laughs> Up and down these stairs, in through these rooms, it is insane. Like it's one of the best choreographed fight scenes I've seen in a long time. So just watch Fire. it for that one second. Oh hell yes! Turn I mean, fast fast forward right to that, you can turn it off. Okay, cool, perfect. But oh my god, it's so dope! Like that should have. So what about great. you, Jeff? Um, I'll go old school because I brought up we brought up the MCU fight scenes. If you ever, if you haven't seen it, if you like kung fu movies, check out a movie called The Drunken Master. Oh God! Um, Jackie Chan. Yes. Oh yeah. The whole movie. You want to know my fight scene? The whole movie. And he made two. Yes. He made two. Part two to me is when it gets silly. Like silly. And he does all his own stunts. And let's just say if I'm ever at a bar and Jackie Chan is drinking, I'm not testing him. That's not the time that you're going to get over on Jackie Chan. He might actually be more dangerous. With Henny in his system. Unlike <laughs> any black man in America. <laughs> More James. dangerous than J.R. Smith? Jordan Bell now. Yeah, Jordan Bell. Legon James. Now the Henny. He had Henny, Henny SP. <laughs> Anything is possible. Henny oh. Hardaway. All right, what's next? Next up. No one two fifteen writes with remakes like Resident Evil two and Final Fantasy seven in the works. What video games would you love to see get a remake? Golden F and I. I mean, my God, how how like how has this not happened? Um, yeah, um, on the Switch. I mean, the 007 series isn't as hot as it used to be. Facts. So if, if it were to come, back, demand. come back on straight nostalgia, like port yeah. it to the switch, bring, what? I'd say port it to the switch, bring back the classic boards. Yeah, that's all I asked. Um, hmm, beyond oh, that, remastered. I was wondering why people were so hyped. I was like, this is Resident Evil Two being remade, and and y'all, yeah, well, Yo, they were screaming. I mean, there are diehard Resident Evil fans. I'm not one of them, but there are diehard fans of it. So I get the excitement. I just don't care. And I'm also on the school of I'd rather new things show I really I'm really prefer new versus reboots remakes. Mm-hmm. What's my game, uh Tatiana? Uh Katamochi. Katamari. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. Holy crap. Katamari yeah. Damacy. Yes. With some like 4K graphics and all that. Like, oh, yo. But, but see, the thing about Katamari new songs, is- new music. <laughs> 
The thing about Katamari is endearing because it's more cartoony. So I don't know the 4K graphics yeah. mean unless you mean like colors wise and yeah, I mean just you know more yeah, yeah, it's more you know you can see less more poly you, polygons. Yeah, you know, do you remember when you rolled up the buildings in that game and you would hear the people screaming in yes! the buildings? That game was so dark and in, in, no, in, I know. love no, I agree with you one thousand percent. Katamari absolutely remade. Yes, new music because the soundtrack was fire. That's I'm that's, about yeah, I'm about oh, to go man. download it when, when we finish this show. Oh, man. Katamari was the ish. And I could totally see that on Switch. It could be on anything. I mean, it's obviously anything. a Sony property, but it could be on anything. Anything. So yeah. for me, I got a couple. Um, for those who played the original NES, there was a game called River City Ransom. Mm -hmm. It was Classic. one of the best. It was in the same style as Double Dragon, Final Fight, um, those type of games, Streets of Rage. Those yep. side scroll fighting games where you had a partner and you just walk through turtles in time. Um, mm -hmm. those type of games you just walk through and beat everything down. But River City Ransom was ahead of its time. You could buy power-ups to your your like you could buy new moves, you could buy clothes, you could buy food, you could buy everything. It was it was had elements of an RPG in a 2D side scroller. And I think if they were to make that like as a remake in, in 2018. It could be super sick. So mm. I would say that. And um, I know they made Chrono Cross, but the original Chrono Trigger, uh, that was a RPG. Oh, yes. One Holy of the crap. RPGs I've ever played. Yes. Agreed. There, there was a streak where there was a streak in the 90s where Square Enix was like a monopoly, bro. Like they all they did was put out fire rpgs i could only imagine what the kids in japan were going through because yeah. they got double they got stuff that we didn't even get yeah and i didn't even get to play chrono trigger until like early 2000s but my god that game was so good yeah so those are my those are my two all right very good uh we have another one from lady zarya 228 aka n smith they write, I'm trying to get into the new Cloak and Dagger series on Freeform, but I'm not feeling it. I don't know much about the origin story, but they are, but are they even considered mutants or are they something else since they weren't born with the gifts? Just wanted your opinion. Love you guys. Um, I haven't watched it yet. Thank you for reminding me that it's on. I know it's called yeah. Freeform. I don't know I nothing about Cloak and Dagger, so you got to help me. Okay, Cloak and Dagger are not mutants. They are actually two runaway children who get experimented on. Their original story is really darker. It was the 80s, and they were like drug addict kids. Damn. I think there's like molestation issues with one of them or, or both of them. You know, it's it was a very, you know, adult series that featured runaway children. Right. And, and so they get experimented on, and they get these powers. And later on, you learn that Cloak's powers come from like the actual dark force dimension. And light, I mean, Dagger's powers, you know, like keep his darkness at bay or keep him fed, basically. Mm. And yeah, it, it, they have like a symbiotic relationship between the two of them. And the comic at various points was really ill, yo. There was this one issue. I mean, it's probably be impossible to find, but it was just such an ill issue because they both get thrown out of a plane and Cloak can like teleport, but Dagger can't fly or anything and he can't fly. And so the whole issue was about how they figured out how not to get killed you know before they hit the ground yeah and it was a i won't spoil it for anyone who can actually find it but it was such an issue and they had a really dope you know run in some things i'm gonna check the show out i've heard the first episodes you know was pretty good i don't know yet but yeah so i i saw the first two episodes i like okay. i really liked it um the, a lot of you know i'm i'm a spider stan their first appearance was in spectacular spider-man and they're they're part of spider-man's crew um or cast of characters they they took elements excuse me from the from their origins in the first episode to show how they got their powers mm -hmm. so they're not mutants they're um i guess you would call them meta well meta humans are like mutants in dc but they're super powered humans yeah um and their their story is a lot of the characters that are derived from spider-man's world are about the people that just so happen to have power. So mm -hmm. you got Tyrone, Tyrone Johnson, no relation, who uh none either. Uh, right, right. <laughs> whose brother whose brother's killed and and that uh, and Tandy 
comes from a, a broken family and then they just find each other. And then from that relationship and they're connected through their powers and how they got them, it's symbiotic. They need each other to survive, but th they wouldn't have if they didn't have that friendship. And one thing about Freeform that I really like, I wish there was a Freeform when I was like- Right? A, oh my God. Well, stuff like Blackish, I'm not Blackish, Grownish. Yo, Freeform is different. They, yes. they handle young adult content. Of course, it's free forms, but they they go deep to to at least the level two. Like th there was um there was a scene in the first episode where where Tandy's having sex, and it's on free form. Like yes. you clearly they're 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 fucking dog. Like it, it that's what that's what's occurring in my face right now. And this is a Marvel show, and yeah, they do it on Netflix. But I mean, these are kids. But these are teens. And and it's and, and if you watch a lot of the content on Freeform, it it's real. It's like what you what you deal with as a teenager, not sugar coated in a, a saccharine laced diabetes shock filled after school special theme show. It's real, and I I enjoyed it. I, I think I don't think if you go into these shows, don't always go in thinking that you're gonna see the Avengers just go for the story and run with it because I do think storyline alone, it's compelling enough, regardless if it was Marvel or anything else. And from there, they, I, they look like they have a good foundation for a show. So I would check it out. They're very compelling characters to me. Oh, hell yeah. No, Cloak and Dagger, as far as comic books are great characters, you know, some of my favorites. Um, and also, like you said, Freeform with Grownish and uh, Runaways. It's yeah, really I haven't got to see Runaways, but I heard good things. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first season of Runaways. It's definitely not as good as the comic, but that comic was stupid incredible. And so, you know, I'm waiting for the second season and further seasons to see if it can match the level. But it was definitely good. Anything else tonight? One more. The last one comes from Chiz Nuke, a.k.a. to Chisholm. They write, how are y'all feeling about the Game of Thrones prequel announcement? Any people or battles you're looking forward to, please say that Castle Black got it covered when it drops. Of course, Castle Black has it covered when it drops. Right. You know, Castle Black might be returning for some recaps of all the seasons that we missed because we were on <laughs> Castle know, Black. That's time. what we said we were going to do. Um, for I those mean, who when, don't, <laughs> for you know. For those who don't know, because there are new listeners and people who may have missed it, we also had a podcast we started last year called Castle Black, which features the blackest Game of Thrones podcast in all the realms where we recapped every episode. So we did all of the episodes last season, and the plan is to come back with it on the last season. And then now with this prequel, which is supposed to be... Well, it's in the works, and it's supposed to be... Set in the Age of Heroes. Yeah. Which is far before everything we've That's seen. That's way before everything we've seen. Yeah, there's actually an animated uh, series. I think it was on the last DVD. I watched it online, where it's like about an hour long that shows a lot of the history of Westeros, and it's narrated by various members of the cast of Game of Thrones. It's really good. It's really interesting because, like... The portions of the Stark are narrated by Stark, you know. The portions of a Lannister are narrated by oh, Lannister. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? The dead brother of Daenerys narrates the portion about the Targaryens. Oh, that makes and, sense. Yeah, he's all arrogant, like he always was. You know, he's such an asshole right. always. And so I, that shows a lot of it. And I'd like to see that. I want to see the Targaryens when they're at their peak, when they build up their home and they had dragons, like mad dragons mad dragons you know i'd like to see that era before okay. the fall before the great cataclysm that comes to westeros and breaks everything apart right. i'd like to see that era. hopefully they go for that they're saying it's gonna be the period at the beginning of the long night so the generation of winter that basically starved the entire population of westeros and mm -hmm. where the white walkers uh fought against the living Yep. So that major, major like time. That's what this is supposed to be uh, in terms of that. So to answer your question, we're clearly looking forward to it. I, I'm looking forward to seeing more dragons. I'm always looking forward to seeing more dragons, real dragons. Um, not um, Unleash the Dragon Dragons for anyone who went to the Super Video Brothers. <laughs> you know when I make it? <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, so is Castle Black going to cover it? We're going to cover it. 
Hell yeah, of course we're going to cover it. And Castle of Black will return. I'm going to have to consult Deadly Diva exactly on when that will happen and when this prequel will happen because she's the true Game of Thrones master. Shout outs to Deadly Diva and Outlaw Bar Outlaw Bars podcast because I see someone else asked, you know, what are your top five anime recommendations and everything? And I'm like, do you listen or you subscribe to Outlaw <laughs> Bars? Because if you're not, you need to be. Outlaw Bars is our sister podcast that features three black women. That's right. I said three right. black women discussing anime and all the good things that come with it. And I get Especially all of my how. anime recommendations. Look, I get all my anime recommendations from them, like legit. All of them, especially because they say Dragon Ball Z is trash. <laughs> Facts. Uh, are you kidding me? Are yep. you? You know what? Oh God. That was literally yeah. episode one, Jeff. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going back. Fuck that. I'm going back so I can troll properly. Oh, do it. Do it, sir. Do it. I will not have you besmirch the name of House Goku. Excuse me, Kakarot. Didn't I just besmirch them before? You mean that show where the 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 black or the man with the tail with black hair turns into a blonde haired blue eyed man? He's Asian! He's Asian. That don't take care of his child. Oh well, he is a deadbeat. I'm. I will keep it hundred with you, but he be dead though. Like he literally be dead. He's a dead he deadbeat. Before that, when he alive, he don't take care of his. Come on, we could fight about. Not because it's Chi Chi. Because Chi Chi's too overbearing. Like he whoa, don't. Whoa, whoa. So you blame the woman? Oh, oh, about to react. Look, look, look at her. Look at her. Look at her. I knew she was about to react. <laughs> Well, folks, if you have any other questions for the Fan Bros, <laughs> please send them in to contact fanbros.com or you can hit us on the Twitter at fanbros show. Make sure you hit at Jeff J says. My God. <laughs> you know? Not trash, guys. It was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not trash at all, but he does believe Dragon Ball Z is good. Only on the which week. Is its own thing. But like I said, any other questions, anything at all, please hit us. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more families. Hey, this is Yutide Badaki. I play Bill Quiz on American Gods. And when I am not swallowing up people whole, I am listening to fan bros. Hi, this is Marjorie Liu. And when I'm not bitching about X mocking the movie, I'm listening to fan bros. This is Cree Summer, and when I'm not voicing your favorite childhood cartoons or smoking a lot of weed, I'm listening to the Fan Bro Show. Actually, sometimes I do that at the same time. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Gene Gray, and um, I'm, I'm currently on a date with Deadpool, but I just left him downstairs to come up here and just uh, say, you know, guys, just, just listen to the show. It's Fan Bros. Why would you not do Hold on. I'm coming, honey. Okay. All right. That's Deadpool. Okay. Bye, guys. Hi guys, it's Alfred Woodard, and when you are not just like picking, uh, why don't you listen to Fan Bros? The best people are. Uh, but you know what picking is, it's picking your nose. And welcome back, fan pros. Thank you for everyone who's been listening, who's been watching us on YouTube. Thank you for everyone who's been subscribing, leaving those comments, all that good stuff. We love you. Thank you so much. Y'all are the best. Please tell a friend to tell a friend about the fan bros show. It's for all nerds. That means it's for all of y'all, everybody. You know, we talk about all kinds of stuff, as you've seen, if you were watching the Guac segment or listening to the show right now, you know, everything is disgusting. But now it's time for one of my favorite segments on the show, the Comics I Copped segment of Fanbro Show. Comics I Cop. Make sure you use that hashtag. That's all the comics you copped. You're reading, you're buying anything old, new. It doesn't matter. Use the hashtag Comics I Cop. Shout outs because it's Pride Month this month. So I really wanted to give a shout out to a couple of comics. Even though they're a little, you know, older comics, like I say, it doesn't matter. Old, new, I want to know what you're reading. And this is something y'all should all pick up. The, I talked about it before when it dropped. The graphic novel, Love is Love. I mean, it is absolutely one of the best comic books I've ever read in my life. It features a ton of short stories, most of them one or two pages long, about, you know, various subjects related to pride, related to queer culture related to this shooting that happened two years ago. It was dedicated to the shooting. The proceeds from it still go to that. The Pulse shooting. 
Florida. Yeah, the, the shooting at the Pulse uh, nightclub. And, I mean, absolutely, just one of the most amazing comic books I've ever read. Like, it had me in tears so many times while I was reading this book. It's just so powerful. It's so good. Make sure you check that out. Also want to give a shout-out to Bingo Love by T. Franklin. Y'all all know her. The book is popping off. It's a really dope book with queer characters, you know, just things that you need to check out. Like, you know, it's like we see all this, like we were talking about earlier in the episode about how men are trash and you yeah. see all this reaction to, you know, characters and diversity where we just see all this negative reaction. So I just want to point out some stuff that I really love. And like I said, since it's Pride Month, I really want to talk about a couple characters that and books that, because I saw somebody post this on Twitter the other day. And one of the books that really like changed my life and really changed how I viewed the world, everything was Young Avengers uh, by Karen Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. And it features these two characters, Wiccan and Hulkling, who are two young, I can't even, you know, say they're boys because they're really not, but they're in a, you know, homosexual relationship. And it, they are one of my favorite depictions of anything just because they're such a realistic couple and you just feel their love so much. And it's one of those books and one of those comics that'll just make you like, you know, why are people mad at this? Why are people mad at people showing love? You know, like that's something that I, I really came into later in life. And I really wonder, like, why do people judge people on who you're deciding to have sex with? Like, I hope we one day get to a time where that's such an irrelevant question, because that's so weird that, you know, when you really think about it like that, that people judge people on who they're sleeping with. It's, you know, we live in an interesting world, so. I was going to say that. Yeah. And you know, as long as people are not secure within themselves, which would probably be forever, this is going to be a problem. And well, hopefully, you know, things like this make you more secure in themselves. Because I remember a few years ago, a friend of mine hit me when the news came out that Green Lantern was gay, that one of the Green Lanterns they made gay in the comic books. And, you know, he was like, yo, what's this about? And I was like, bro, you know, two of my favorite characters are gay, you know? And so it's like, I, you know, you grow and you learn and you realize that judging people by such you know nonsense and being insecure about yourself and then applying that to other people is just more nonsense and ignorance so hopefully characters like this and books like this encourage people to grow that's why i say everyone should go out and pick up love is love if you haven't already because i swear to you it's just one of the best books you'll ever buy and i'll also reiterate the shout out to to t franklin somebody who's yeah. riding for a minute like right yes. years for a minute. If i'm not mistaken i think uh bingo love had to go back for second printings and yes not several yeah like so like a bunch right so she's you know she's definitely been on the scene and, and got her opportunity and shine through it got uh the deal with image and the book is is making an impact not just financially but emotionally and even spiritually on the people who are reading it and who absorb it through the joy of others. So, you know, big shout to her. She's definitely an inspiration for me when I want to create and I have any apprehension about my skills or my ability, or even if people are going to want to consume what I create, uh, you know, despite any, anything going on with her and any of her challenges, she she's making it happen so i that's that's a big salute to her for real word up and also this week that just dropped this week a lot of people are recommending it to me and so i finally got a chance to read it today was immortal hulk by al ewing and joe bennett and oh my god like this is one of those books like when i was talking about the vision a few years ago you know when you read a first issue of a book where you're just like whoa and Al Ewing, he wrote Ultimates before this. And so I've met him a couple of times. I loved his version of the Ultimates. I've told him about it before. But then you read something like Immortal Hulk, which is a very dark horror type take on Bruce Banner and the Hulk. And you're like, yo, this guy went from writing this book that was, you know, super outer space, cosmic, giant Marvel ideas filled with, you know, huge thought ideas to this horror book which is when i finished the first issue i was sitting there like oh like <laughs> like yeah, you finished that first issue and you're like oh this is this is gonna be something here like whoa you know so you know shout out to him immortal hulk made sure you pick that up oh lordy yeah <laughs> that's, a, that's a serious one so i've been reading 
breaking news I've been reading. Um, <laughs> it happens. So, right. It, it, yeah, I stumbled into it and they were just words and I knew what they meant. But so. But Floyd. Right. Oh, my God. But uh, I've read Batman 48. Tom King is continuing to lay waste to any narratives or words he can put on paper the way it's like I open up every comic and my book catches on fire. Like that's how good it is. So the, this is opening arc of the best man mm -hmm. where the Joker is looking at Batman like no invite because <laughs> he's supposed to be, uh, he didn't get the invite to the wedding and he's taking it out as only the Joker can. Now I won't spoil what unfolds, but I will say Tom King's take on the Joker is probably the most jarring, chilling aspect of the Joker where he is the chaos among the order, but mm -hmm. he's very calculated in his chaos to the point where his jokes aren't punchlines. His jokes are within the natural flow of conversation, which is something you're not really you. Mm -hmm do with the Joker. And if there's something menacing about someone who can rationalize or, or even normalize their psychotic, murderous nature as being regular and will make jokes along the way that aren't knock-knock jokes or anything of the sort. And he's written him, and that's the thing, he's written him two different ways. Like he's written him as the, the classic punchline joker or just like a chilling joker, but still making jokes. This joker is different. Like he's just, he his, something's happened along the way and he's changed. And that volatility within him, it's just beautiful the way he shows it. And I, I'm, it's called the best man for a reason. Uh, and yeah, it, it's Batman 48. If you haven't been reading Batman to this point, I don't know where you've been. But you need to get out of wherever you've been and pick it up. Um, yeah, I will get out wherever I've been because I need to see this. That's intriguing. No, yeah. no, no, yeah. The whole Batman run has been incredible. Issue fifty is going to be the wedding of Batman and Catwoman. So you know you definitely need to catch up because it go up without a hitch. I, I'm yeah, um, obviously, obviously, Pretty no problems there. You know, probably a lot of shishi foo foo food because they're Wayne. So you know, no, no. all that. A lot and, of tar. <laughs> One last one that I want to recommend is this trade right here for everyone watching on YouTube. You see me right now. It's Stremity by Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. Daniel Warren Johnson is the author and the artist of this book. It's only two trades long. There are only two trades to the whole series. And Stremity is a really ill, like I want to say kind of like saga type world, but without the magic, like a very weird technological futuristic world where a lot of apocalyptic things seem to have happened and from the first trade the book is called extremity because the main character is a young woman whose family uh her mother was killed in this big battle when this like one group of people came through and marauded her whole castle and village in this world that they live in but it's called extremity because she's an artist and in that battle when her mother was killed her hand gets chopped off and so it's about what happens when you, you know, you're one thing and then your life is changed and you're forced into becoming a warrior and a killer when you were born to be an artist. And I only read the first trade and it's one of those books where I'm just like, yo, like I was so mad at myself for buying, for not buying both trades. Because when I finished the first one, I was like, F, now I got to go back to the store ASAP and get that second one. <laughs> like, I don't know how this story ends up. So definitely check it out. Extremity by Daniel Warren Johnson. Beautiful art. Beautiful writing, just a really dope story, and only two trades long, so you can pick it up and finish it rather quickly. Damn, I love this segment. I learned so much from this segment, and then it gets me hyped because I be sitting there like, yo, why are we not seeing like these stories be adapted? Why is it the same thing over and over again? But 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 at the same time, we are like, you know, a lot yeah. of the books we talk about, you know, we were talking about why the last man when that first, you know, when we first That's started adopt, and now why the last man is being adapted into a series. You know, we've been talking about Wicked and Divine. That series is underway. There hasn't been a lot of word mm -hmm. on it lately. That that one is so tough though. I've been, I've been thinking really about it tough. because it's like it's so tough because you have versions of Prince and David Bowie. 
you know, and various things happen to these characters. And so it's, yeah, that that's going to be such a tough series to sell. I can, I can see that. And then, you know, people behind Saga said they never wanted to make a movie or a TV series. So there's that. Hopefully, maybe one day they do Paper Girls, but, you know, you never know. But all these traumas I just mentioned, Saga, Paper Girls, Batman, Extremity, make sure you check them out. Make sure you're following us on Instagram where you'll see more of these and some other comics that we've been copying. Use the hashtag comics I copped. We keep telling you there's some big, big news coming for us. And that'll probably be dropping sometime next week. So get ready for that. Yeah. Save your coins is all I'm saying because it's going to be some, you know, something major. And, and it'll actually help you save your own coins. So look at that. You know, Fan Bro Show, we do things for you. Anything <laughs> else before we get out of here tonight? It's the circle of trust. Everyone benefits. That's all I'm saying. Yo, 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 shout out to Daniel, yo, uh, Into the Badlands. Did you see my man at DC Comics the other day? Big things going down, man. He's, 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 he's holding a stack of Batman comments. Talk about he just had a major meeting. Wait, which one are you talking about? You said Daniel. You're not talking about Lewis. Lewis Tan. That Lewis. is brother Daniel Tan. Is that his name? <laughs> <laughs> evil twin brother. I, I, was actually thinking, Lewis. I, I was actually butchering names to think of Daniel Day Lewis and not. Yeah, oh, not that's Lewis what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said the name I, of the episode, Daniel Day Chan. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I followed the dots and I realized who you were talking about. AKA yeah. Daniel Day Lewis Tan. Yeah, yeah. He was actually at uh DC Comics holding a stack of Batman and talking yep. about he was in a meeting, not for some comic book stuff, but for some big movie. So, you know, it didn't really work out on Iron Fist, but he just switched universes. That circle of trust mm -hmm. keeps going. And you see what happened to him in uh Deadpool, so Oh, I mean, yeah, he, need, he needs to get straight up out of the Marvel Universe. It just has oh, not been working. He could still be around because technically they reversed it. But no, he didn't save him. He saved. I know. Peter. I know. I know. You know he ain't saving Shatterstar. <laughs> he hated him. He's not. He's not <laughs> like that, That's the version I wish they'd done where he saved Terry Crews, where he saved um, uh, Invisible Brad Pitt, Vanisher. Yeah. He saved Peter. And then he just stood there and watched Shatterstar. I <laughs> <laughs> took a selfie. Shatterstar <laughs> went through the helicopter blades, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like if you took a selfie when you did chopped up, like that's the version I wanted. Yeah. That's, that's wild. But uh, before we go, one of my all-time favorite cartoons in the world, on the planet, forevermore, Gargoyles has come all up. All time. I mean, one of the darkest, most wild ass shows that under the pretense of being a children's show but it <laughs> pretense <laughs> it, it was mature af okay if i if i do say so myself but it was one of my favorites something that i've always loved to this day apparently there's talk or has been talk and now it's ongoing that jordan peele wants to adapt this now this is the part where it gets a little nervous for me because even though i trust jordan with my life when it comes to the movie stuff I don't know if I want to see it in this way. He's looking to adapt this as a live action movie. Oh, no. I don't want to really see. Okay, I'm not even going to say really. I don't want to see Gargoyles as a live action movie. But then again, mm. I don't know what Jordan Peele can do with this. Uh, yeah, I'll trust him. But I would rather see a series. It's one of those I things. Right, you know, right. I just want to see I a new animation. See okay, yeah. that is a reboot I want to see. I'll take a little bit, a little bit back. What I said earlier about never wanting to see reboots. I would want to see a gargoyles be rebooted, and especially because we just got, uh, we lost the Deadpool animated series. You know, I'd love to see a new, more adult, but still reaching the kids. It was already series. adult. Let's be yeah, that's frank. What I'm saying. No, but still reaching the kids animated series. You know, that's what because I really, especially from someone like Jordan Peele, because we don't have that on television right now. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he actually reached out to Disney about this a while ago, and they was like, nah, son, we passed. Now Disney come crawling back to him like, well, actually, that money you did would get out, though. So that ain't all on me. Yeah, I, then, while, I, while I trust <laughs> the creative process of Jordan, I, I personally don't want to see this as a live action. That's my only situation there. Oh, you don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't want to see that shit, dog. I'm gonna keep it a hundred. I'm gonna be real with you. <laughs> I don't see no live action gargoyles. Animate that motherfucker. Draw well, it. Yeah. Draw it. Damn it. 
want to hear the gargoyles. We gotta get uh, who we gotta get to do the voice. Get Samuel L. Jackson in there. But no, no. What's his what? name? The voice? I turned the stone, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I turned in the day. That's why I didn't show up. I was a statue. <laughs> yes, I killed them. They deserved to die, and I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> 